Last night, Chuck had a prophetic word for Madison, or my niece, about uh, just that the Lord was going to give her a dancing gift. And uh, anyway, on the way home, we were riding in the car. We had all Nathan and Chrissy's kids with us. And Christopher, our nephew, was asking, well, how did Papa hear God? And he can hear him speak? And Sarah so eloquently <laughs> was explaining to him, well, you know, Christopher, when somebody calls on the phone and uh, they don't tell you who it is, but you know who it is because you know him so well, well, that's how it is with God's voice, is that you can get to know God so well that when he speaks, you know it's him because you've heard him speak before. And he's like, oh, you know, he, that really registered with him. And while Joe was singing, I feel like to say, now is the time to get to know the voice of God. Because these are critical days that we live in. You know, I felt like recently you can run, but you can't hide. You know, if the terrorist bomb doesn't get you and the hurricane doesn't get you and the tornado or whatever, you know, it, it could be a really scary time. But with the presence of God, when we can soak in the presence of God, we have nothing to fear. And I was telling Sarah this weekend, man, I just... I want to be in the presence of God more. How many people feel that way? It's like there's so much peace there. I was having such a good time this morning because the peace of God was just filling this place. You know, it's like, man, how refreshing. I mean, I love to watch TV and movies and play video games or whatever, all that's good stuff, but there's nothing like the presence of God. You know, so amen. Wow, thanks for preaching this morning, Joe. Appreciate that. That was good. So, uh... My wife's going to come up this morning and help me out here. Actually, I'm going to help her. So uh, I just ask you, Lord, to speak to us um, only the way, the way that you do best, God. We're not interested, Lord, in just some good Bible teaching or just some wise words of wisdom. But, God, we want to hear the very words that you have to say for now, today, this very minute. Lord, I pray that you would change our lives this morning. Amen. Amen. So, uh, I was reading this funny story this week. Maybe you've heard it. This ship captain, right, he was on a boat with his crew cruising through the Caribbean. And uh, he was cruising through these chain of islands. And all of a sudden, on one island, he saw three huts with smoke just coming out of one of them. He's like, man, what's up with that? And so, he, he, they, they got closer, and the, him and the crew, they approached the island. And when they got to the island... They found that there was only one guy there. The guy ran up and was like, Oh, thank God you're here. What an answer to prayer. I'm glad you came because I've been on this island by myself for five years. And the captain looked a little puzzled and he goes, Well, if you're alone, then why are there three huts on the island? He goes, Oh, well, this is the one I live in and this is, my, this is where I go to church. He goes, Hmm, well, what's the other hut for? Is, oh, well, that's where I used to go to church. <laughs> if you've switched churches recently, really, I'm not cracking on you. I'm just, I just thought it was a good story. It has nothing to do with our message. <laughs> um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we took the whole family on a long trip, about 10 hours, 11 hours to Kentucky for a family reunion. Praise God. <laughs> family reunion. You know, and I mentioned it, and you know, 
What do you, you know, what do you anticipate when you're going to a family reunion, especially when you don't know anybody, Harley? <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. We had the best time at Lake Barkley, Kentucky, um, family reunion with the McNeelys. Okay, that's my mom's side of the family. And uh, it's a funny story because I just built a house on McNeely Road, Rowan County, North Carolina. Well, I was talking to my uncle, and uh, he's kind of the, you know, everybody's got the family historian, right? Yeah, everybody got one of those, you know, somebody who knows way back. He goes, well, you know, uh, yeah, he's like, I found out that the, uh, the John McNeely with no middle initial, who all of my relatives in Missouri are descended from, he moved here to Missouri about um, five or six generations ago from Rowan County, North Carolina. What? Rowan? I said, well, John, um, that's kind of strange because I just built a house on McNeely Road in Rowan County, North Carolina. And uh, this thing is about to drive me crazy because I have little ears. It doesn't stay on very well. So um, they're not going to understand that on the tape. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that, that was really strange to me. And I, I'm, I'm going to do a little research at the, the courthouse or whatever, try to find out what the deal is there, you know, because I'm thinking, man, that's, wouldn't that be wild if, like, that guy lived somewhere around where we just built a house and I had no idea and Chuck just happened to buy this farm on McNeely Road, <laughs> you know. That's, that's more than just coincidence, I'm convinced, but... Anyway, the, the family reunion was really interesting because you know how family reunions are. You have about three generations there, typically maybe four. And we found out that there's so many really on-fire Christians in, on that side of the family, and I had no idea. Um, I've got a, um, a cousin who, their family, they go to church. It used to be C.J. Mahaney's church up in Baltimore. It's now Joshua Harris's church. He's a senior pastor now. And so my cousin does children's ministry there. Found out my other, another cousin and her husband, they go to a church out in Oklahoma and are on fire for the Lord. A great uncle of mine retired up in Black Mountain, North Carolina and works for Billy Graham up there in the Cove you know, Center, all these things. And it was just fantastic to meet these people and actually get to talk about the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Versus, uh, you know, what do you talk about? Um, so that was really exciting. And... Um, and uh, they wanted to have a little church service there. So, you know, naturally, being the clergy member at the family reunion, they asked me to share something. So I'm like, oh, great. What in the world am I going to say to my family? And so the Lord gave me this just a very, very brief word about, you know, that God is the God of the generations, and about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and how, you know, just I'm not going to go into the whole message, but... It was just really neat, and uh, we had a great time, just an exciting time. And then on our way home, God just really began to speak to us and uh, really began to share with Sarah Ruth some really good things, I believe, that I feel like for us. And uh, so she's just going to share a few of those things about um, what the Lord spoke to her out of that. And So having said that. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it was a it was a really good time, and it was one of those times where, before we left, my dad just kind of in passing, which he kind of does that, <laughs> said, "The Lord will speak to you if you let Him," on this trip, and we were kind of like, 
I was like, okay, but I knew I've been around him enough to know the way he said it was kind of like I needed to pay attention. So when we were riding home, but I wasn't like, okay, Lord, what are you going to speak? Because I just was consumed with kids on a four, on a 13-hour trip with four kids. <laughs> but there was one time when they were all asleep in the back, and we were all talk. We were the two of us were talking, and it was really like we were just talking about the generations, and um, all of a sudden, like the Lord just came into the car. It was like all of a sudden. That conversation turned into something more than us, you know, and it was almost like my heart, you know, I just wanted to be like, this is the Lord, <laughs> do you realize, <laughs> you know, I mean, I was just about to jump out of my seat and I started writing it down, you know, and stuff, and so I really feel like this is more, this is a, almost like a prophetic word of our hearts today, you know, of of what we feel like the Lord's spoken to us and we want to share it with you. We, um, we specifically felt like the Lord was speaking to us that He wants to reveal more of His Himself to us and it's one of the major parts is going to come through the older generation. So if you're here and you're over 45, I think, I've thought about it, that's what I think. Even if you're not. Even if you're not. Okay, I'm going to get to you but in you just feel a minute. Like you but are. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like the Lord wants to encourage you, to envision you, and to call your name to speak destiny over you. You know how we will have times when we, with the teenagers, okay, we feel like the Lord's speaking destiny and calling over them that he's saying, um, I want to speak what your calling is, what your destiny is. Well, I really felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to help this generation, pray for this generation, and encourage this generation that I have a destiny and a plan for them. That it's not time to sit over, move over, and let the next generation come in. It's time to go forth. And the Lord wants to speak to you individually of what it is He has for you now because there is an expression of Himself that He wants to express through you. He wants, I felt like the Lord was saying, He wants to show His perspective to the younger generation. He wants to reveal His truth through you. You know, that's one thing that I've seen that the older generation has is a love for the Word. An absolute love for the Word and an appreciation of the Word. And I feel like that that is something that we need as a younger generation. We need that that you have. And that's what I was saying to Matthew earlier was I feel this so strongly in my heart and it's so exciting to me because it's the Lord saying I want to show you more of myself and it's going to come through them you know it's going to come through them and um, I just there was that scripture Jeremiah 29 11 that says for I know the thoughts that I think towards you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope 
And I, we always print that out on the, we, we engrave that on the, the um, graduates' keychains on the back of the scripture verse. But I felt the Lord saying it for your generation. I felt like the Lord was saying, I have a future and a hope for you. I am calling you. And it's not, it's, a, it's like my thoughts towards you are awesome. I love you. I've seen where you've been. I've seen the road you've plowed. And I love you, and I'm asking you to plow on. I'm asking you to plow on. We need you to pave. We're watching you. This generation, we're watching you. Because I know that a lot of you haven't had somebody to look toward of how to do this now. You know? But... The Lord wants to reveal to you your next step because He has a destiny and a calling for you that is going to be through Him expressing Himself to His church. And, um, and if I could just add yeah. something to that. I know that um, a lot of you guys, especially some of you guys who are at the Lamb's Chapel and everything, felt like some of the older generation back in your day it's like they wouldn't step out of the way to let you guys kind of step up, you know. And so at this moment, it's like you want to make sure that you don't do that. You know what I'm saying? You want to make sure that you don't do what they did to you. And so you're wanting to step out of the way and, and let us step up, which is awesome, you know, and which is really good, I think. But I just want to encourage you guys to let us come up, but don't step completely out of the way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a rebuke at all. It's just like, please don't. We need you, man. We we got to have you. Now, I was thinking Moses, I mean, he had Joshua, and he trained him, and he equipped him, and he, um, you know, he let him lead. But it wasn't until after Moses died that Joshua was really the man. Now, I'm not saying that Byron, had, we got to wait till he kicks the bucket before anybody else can step in, or anybody else for that matter. You understand what I'm saying. I don't want you to get me wrong here. I'm just saying, you know, and I, this, please say this the right way. I, you know, Moses didn't retire from the ministry, you know what I'm saying? Neither did Paul, man. He was in it for the long haul and, and, and bore probably the most fruit in the latter years. So, anyway. You know, I, I saw a little bit of this last week. Um, the Lord was showing me a lot more of what He was saying on the trip last week, but I felt like the Lord used two people last Sunday to show His perspective. And one of them was my dad got up and was sharing hit the the the, um, prod, the heart of God toward His prodigals and how much He loved them and how much of they were His treasure. Okay, so He was given the Father's heart there. And then I didn't get to hear Byron's sermon because I was back with the baby. But then when I walked back in, Becky was sharing about what happened with Grace. And she, to me, was sharing the perspective of how God feels when we're in bondage and then when we're set free. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I just believe that in your lives, as you live your lives, you can give us what is God's perspective as fathers and mothers in the body. You know, I mean, the Lord can show us those too, but I really feel like that's part of what... It's the truth is what it is. 
because there's so many lies of the enemy that are out there. And what God is wanting to come forth with is the truth of what He's built in you. What He has built in you of the truth of who He is. It's in you. It's not like it's something new. It's, it's who He is. And He's built it in you to bring it forth, to let people know that is a lie from the pit of hell and this is the truth of who God is. And we desperately, desperately need fathers and mothers who are speaking the truth to us. I felt like the Lord said, some of, us, some of you may wonder where your place is. Some of you may have felt like you've been put on a shelf to collect dust. And I felt like the Lord said, that's not the truth. The Lord wants to shake off the dust and breathe life that His light might shine through you. And so, He's calling you. He's saying, I want to shake that dust right off of you and breathe life into you. And what's going to breathe that life is Him speaking to you individually of what your destiny is and who you are. But that's the thing, is the Lord was saying, it's exactly who you are. It's not... It's something different. It's not conforming to the new thing. Okay, it's not saying, okay, well, I don't feel like I fit because that, maybe who I am was the old thing. The Lord's saying, I have made you who you are. And I want you to be who you are. And I'm going to shine through. That's what I thought was awesome about watching Joe last night was, I felt like he was being exactly who he was and who he's created to be. And the Lord was just shining through. You know, and it was awesome. It was awesome. And that's what we need is you to be who you are. Nothing more. Offering here, Lord, this is what I got to give. However small, however messy it may seem. Okay, the Lord wants you to offer the, what you have to give to Him and He is going to use it and multiply it and send forth His message through that. Um, and then... Oh yeah, that verse. Mark twelve forty two. It says that, uh, you know, you, you, everybody's probably pretty familiar with this, but... Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury and many who were rich, you know, they put in a lot. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants, whatever that is. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. And I felt like the Lord was saying that you don't have to have a lot to give what you got. You don't have to be this, you know, burning on fire evangelist or this just anointed worship leader or whatever. God's just asking you to give just whatever He's given you. And that's it. You know, that's it. And I, I felt like the Lord just gave me a couple things that was like, kind of like, well, what can we do? I felt like the Lord was saying, pray. 
Teach what the Lord's given you to others. Love. Because that's the thing is the Lord, that's part of His truth that He's wanting to shine forth is His love. His love. Encourage and open your hearts and open your homes so that people can be ministered to. I, that's, that's the things that I felt like the Lord doing all these things drenched in love, grace, and His truth. And He is going to express an awesome side of Himself through you. And um, Yeah, there was, uh, there was something that I was just reminded of. And... Uh, And that is that um, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it talks about how, you know, when that two are better than one, and because they have a good reward for their labor, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. You know, and sometimes us younger people, we fall down. You know, we do, and... and and we need somebody to help us up. And friends our age are great, but there's nothing like a mom or a dad to help us up. And a spiritual mom and dad. And that's, where, that's what I got, you know, that was the interpretation I was getting when I was reading this. And again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now, how many people are in this thing for the harvest? How many people long for revival? I mean, real revival. You know, we've been saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Well, it is. It's still coming. You know, we're still believing for it, and we're going to hold out for that. And I believe that it's on its way. And uh, about four years ago, Jim Hill uh, was preaching this message, and in, in the middle of the message, he gave kind of this prophetic word. And when I was singing about this, I was reminded of what he said. And I think that either I or somebody else actually illustrated this. If you can just... Is anybody back there? If you can just take that off the screen for a second. Uh, I want to show you this illustration of a three-stranded cord. Okay, and this is illustrated as a chain. Now, you can't see this very well, but up at the top it says, The revival will not be easily broken. Okay, so you've got the weight of God's presence, and it has all these three things. The enthusiasm of youth, the strength of maturity, and the wisdom of age. And when all of those things are woven together, it's not easily broken. Things don't easily fall apart. Brought together to withstand the weight of my presence that is to come. So, I believe in prophetic words. I believe the Lord had, I mean, Jim had the Lord on this when he gave it four years ago. And so I'm, gonna, I'm believing God that this is true. And so we can be reminded of it today. Amen? that all of these things can be woven together and hold the weight of God's presence. And where it says, For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls. I even feel toward the younger generation that it's time to pray for the older generation, to lift them up, to pray for them. They've prayed for us for years and years and years and years that we would be saved. You know? They, they paved a way 
if we would realize they've paved a way. I felt like the Lord showed me this week how much, how grateful we really need to be for the place that the that our parents have made for us to really be able to enjoy the Lord. To have, they've made a place for the Lord to come, for His Holy Spirit to dwell in our lives, to work in our lives, to do, and they've told us, do all that God's created you to do. Go forth into it. And so we need to realize and be thankful for where we're at and where this church is even at. You know, I just the place that the that the ones that were in charge when it was smaller, you know, Neil and Bunny and Fran and Joanne and those of you that said, "Lord, we want all that you have for us here." And you've opened up yourselves to allow the Lord to come in and make his home here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know, for paving the the way. And I felt like for the younger generation that we need to realize that we need the older generation. We need them. And if we can just recognize and remember some of the things that that you guys have given us. Um, they're pretty substantial. Like I was just kind of going down the list in my head. Well, for one thing, a physical thing is this building. <laughs> you know, we have this building for our kids and our grandkids because of you guys following the Lord. You know, we have um, a love for the Word because of your love for the Word. We want that. We've got to be grounded in the Word of God. And we have freedom to worship God through through song through uh, you know a style of music that was let's just say not well received back in the day. You know what I'm saying? It's very popular today to have contemporary worship and contemporary services. But you know, I remember when I was a kid. I mean, if you told your friends at school that you guys had like drums and guitars, they'd look at you like you were from you know. Jupiter or something like what are you talking about you know just it wasn't a thing and you know back in the Jesus movement and all those things the Lord really began to open up some things and and then there's the the gifts of the Holy Spirit and and the, the values that we have in other words that we consider to be so basic and so fundamental to who we are as Christians but a lot of the reason that we have them is because our parents generation passed them down to us and I was just thinking about when I was a teenager in high school, and Tim and Paula were the youth pastors here, Paula reminds me very regularly that I used to say, Christianity just is not cool. <laughs> it's just not very cool. You know, and I was telling my mom this week because I really realized that because the place that they had made in their home and this church has made, I was doing today what I was created to be. You know, I really felt this. I'm doing what I'm created for. And it's because the generation before me has made a place for the Lord. You know, so thank you for one thing. You know, and thank you for paving the way 
But don't stop. Don't stop. And I want to pray for you. And we want to encourage you today. We want to pray for you at the end in a little while to um, really ask the Lord to speak to your hearts what it is He has for you. But one of the other things um, that I felt was that scripture, Malachi 6, that says, And He will turn the hearts of the Father to, their ch- to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. And I really feel like that the Lord is wanting to turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and turn the hearts of the children of the fathers toward their children and that he will with us together express the fullness of God and I don't want to miss out on that do you Mm-mm. so I don't this last scripture we wanted to read was Hebrews 12 one through three. I really wanted to leave time to pray for you. So Hebrews one through twelve. I mean one through three. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's who we need to look to. That's who we need to look to to see what it is, we, where we go next. What, what it is that He has called us to be. Look to Jesus. Look to Him. And it says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Listen to this. It's the same verse in the message. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way. All these veterans cheering us on. You remember in Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Faith chapter? Well, it's saying, remember all those guys? They didn't quite receive the promise, but they're cheering us on, man. They're up there. That's the great cloud of witnesses. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how He did it because He never lost sight of where He was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now He's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, Go over that story again, item by item. Now that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Now I was thinking, you know, back in uh, the early 80s, um, well actually this was in the late 70's I believe I was just a little kid but we had a, a bunch of Americans who got taken hostage by Iran and uh, that was during President Carter's administration and they were there for quite a long time 
And then President Reagan was elected, and uh, I'm not saying it was totally to his uh, credit, but anyway, for one reason or the other, they let loose those hostages. And uh, President Reagan left a legacy. And his legacy was one of being credited with um, bringing down the Soviet Empire um, by some of the things that he did, his, his aggressive stance towards you know, the Soviets and the, the arms race and all of these things. He, he believed that you know, when you've got an enemy who's facing you, you don't back down from, what they're, you know, from their threats. You confront them. You go after them if you have to. You know, you tell them you can run, but you can't hide. And you go after them. And, you know, I remember growing up in an era where the reality of nuclear war was very real. It was very threatening. And I'm sure you guys remember that as well. And um, so George W. Bush was a younger guy at the time. And he happened to be the vice president's son. And so I would imagine that George W. Bush was keeping an eye on President Reagan. He was watching how he does it. He was seeing how he handled these Soviets who were making all these threats, who you know, wanted to bring down the West and the United States and just completely wipe us off the map, basically. And uh, then when he came into office a few years ago, he himself came against a threat, unlike the Soviet Union, totally different, yet basically his approach was the same. And his approach is, you know what he says, listen, this will not deter us. This will not scare us. We'll come after you. We'll go wherever we need to go. You know, and obviously I'm probably a pretty big fan of these presidents. Maybe you're not, but that's beside the point. The point is, is that Ronald Reagan had a legacy. And he passed the legacy on to the next generation. And uh, so I just want to ask you that question. This morning, if you're one of those that we've been talking to and addressed to, what is your legacy? What do you have to pass on? What can I glean from you? Because I need it. I won't be a whole person unless I get what you have. And I just happen to be so aggressive that I'm going to go after it whether you want to give it to me or not. <laughs> and, um, and I believe that there's a lot of younger people in here. And, you know, I'm not just talking about, you know, me who's like a... Well, I'm not 20-something anymore, but that's beside the point. Um, you know, I'm talking about teenagers, and I'm talking about children. You know, we, we include all these generations in this message this morning. But we're just speaking from our perspective. And I feel like what the Lord has to say to the older generation is He loves you. He loves you. And He wants to take you to that place where He can whisper words of life to you where He can whisper words of life. Life to you that will, that will give you what you need to keep going. To keep going forth. And the last thing I wanted to do is a little bit different. I'm going to sing a cappella real quick. Go for it. Because I felt like the Lord gave me this, reminded me of this song, and I could not find it anywhere to play the CD. So... But the Lord reminded me of all the words. So I'm going to sing it. And I really feel like that this was something before that the Lord was speaking and He reminded me of it. So 
And then what we want to do is pray for those who may feel like, Lord, what do you have for me now? Where am I? I don't feel like a fit. Or you feel like you fit, but you just don't know where it is, what it is the Lord has for you now. You don't have to just be the older generation. The, if you just feel that in your heart, we want to pray for you. But I also want to ask for the younger generation that wants to pray for the older generation to come up in a minute and help me pray. Um, Marlon and Andy and um, Chris Liner, if you'll come up in a minute, and Angela. and um, Anybody here who feels a heart to pray and lift up this generation because they've totally lifted us up in prayer. And I feel like now's the time to pray for them. But first I'm just going to sing this. Who do you say that He is with our lives? Who do we say that He is in the words that we say? Who do we say that He is for the little eyes watching you and me? Where have we gone with His heart with our lives? Where have we gone with His heart In the words that we say, where have we gone with his heart? For the little eyes watching you and me. We can't just wash our hands of this and walk away. And blame the ones before us. Cause it's easier to say than to listen to his heart. Beating for the coming age. So let the hands go up around the world in surrender And let the voices echo out a new sound So the ones that come behind us will follow in His name And see the greatness of His renown Yeah, so let the hands go up around the world in surrender and let the voices echo out a new sound so the ones that come behind us will follow in his name and see the greatness of his renown we are a doorway and a window to the truth we have one passage of time What will we say then? How will we live? This burning passion is a gift. It is a gift. So let the hands go up around the world in surrender. And let the voices echo out a new sound. So the ones that come behind us We'll follow in His name and see the greatness of His renown. So if that's you this morning, just come on up here and uh, we want to pray for you. Um, If you need to go, you can be dismissed and the Lord bless you. Test, test, test.